Welcome to the Daring DVM podcast, the veterinary podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, coaching, and your doctor brain to rewire your mind and get what you want in life. If your life is not what you had imagined it would look like 10 years ago, and you're desperately looking for ways to make it how you thought it would be, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Dr. Amy Grimm, Certified Veterinary Life Coach, Goal-Getting Girl, and Life Work Alignment Pro. Hi friends, welcome to episode number 30 of the Daring DVM podcast. With the holiday season well upon us, as well as the new year and planning for everything that we want to achieve in 2024, I thought this would be a great time to talk about stress and overwhelm. So today, I'm going to walk you through a six-step process to get you out of stress and overwhelm. This is my gift to you. This is the process that I use in my own life. I'm constantly coaching myself on this and getting myself from that place of stress and overwhelm to a place of clarity and confidence in who I am and what I want and what I'm going to do. So what I will offer is that while you are listening to this episode, think about an area of your life where you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed and think about how you can use these six steps in that area. Now, I know that many of you may be feeling overwhelmed and stressed about everything. I get it. There are things that are stressful and overwhelming in every area of our lives. And if this is you, that is totally okay. What I want to do is really encourage you to just pick one thing. Because oftentimes when we keep things vague and we say we want to change everything, we end up using this as an excuse to not actually make any progress at all. So even though this line of thinking can be familiar and comfortable, what I want you to do is get uncomfortable and pick just one area to focus on. Give it all of your attention. Maybe you want to start a business in the new year. Maybe you're making a big career decision. Maybe you need to have a difficult conversation with a family member or somebody at work. Maybe you have personal goals or travel plans or you have somewhere new that you want to live. Whatever it is, Bring that specific thing to mind so that you can think about it as we talk through this episode. And don't let your brain trick you into thinking that it's not good enough to only focus on one area. The truth is, when you focus on one area and fix just one area, these new ways of thinking and these new tools and patterns and practices are easily applied to the next area and the next one. Change becomes inevitable. However... If you try to do too much all at once, then you are more likely to become even more stressed and overwhelmed and not to make any progress or change at all. Okay, so step number one is to regulate your nervous system. You have to create an awareness and understanding of your own personal nervous system. Remember, in order to effectively coach yourself, you need to operate from your zone of resilience. So before you move forward with any of the following steps, First, check in with yourself and make sure that you are functioning from your zone of safety and resilience and that you are using your CEO, your prefrontal cortex, when doing this work. Ask yourself, am I safe? Do I feel safe? And take a deep breath and relax into your body and release any tension that you may feel. 
You can also spend a few minutes just doing some simple belly breathing while reminding yourself that you are safe. This will let you bring your personal CEO online and use her to the best of your ability while working through steps two through six. Now that you're in your zone of safety and you have access to your thinking, planning, and decision-making part of your brain, you get to make a decision. Sounds simple, right? What's fascinating is that a lot of people say they don't know what they want, or they know what they want, but they just don't know what to do. And it's interesting because a lot of the time, you do know exactly what you want, but you just haven't given yourself permission to want it. Either because it seems scary to go after it, or because you have to make yourself vulnerable to do so. It can feel scary and vulnerable to have a clear vision because once you have a clear vision, you don't really have any excuses to prevent you from going after what you want. However, if you remain unsure what to do or what you want to change, then it's really easy to stay stuck. Remember, telling yourself that you don't know what you want is just a thought. It's just as easy to tell yourself that you do know what you want. But the hard part is doing the work to get there. This is why it is so important to get your nervous system regulated first and to get your personal CEO, aka your prefrontal cortex, online. Because otherwise, your survival brain is going to be in charge. And our survival brain only wants us to stay safe and seek short-term pleasure and to avoid any discomfort. So let's pretend for a minute that you know what you want and that you know the outcome is inevitable. Would you be willing to try all of the things to get there? Once you know what to do, it's like, oh shit, now I have no excuse not to do it. So telling yourself that you don't know what you want or you don't know how to get there are just thoughts that completely block you from ever taking action. So step one is regulating yourself and getting our mind and body into a space for coaching. And step two is to really just make a decision. You make a decision in a moment. Many of us like to indulge in feelings like overwhelm or confusion and tell ourselves that we just need to research it or think about it a little bit longer or there's too much going on right now, it's not the right time. But believing thoughts like these just delays the moment in which you do make the decision. And deciding what to do literally takes seconds, if that. Another thought trap that people can fall into is putting pressure on yourself to figure out what will appeal to other people or look good to other people, or trying to figure out what is reasonable or realistic. We try to place all of these unnecessary criteria on our desires. What you want to do is remove all of those criteria and literally just ask yourself the question, is this what I want? What is the outcome that I want? This can seem scary because it's very unfamiliar to us, especially those of us who are women or have been socialized as women. What is this nonsense of us actually thinking about ourselves and what we want and putting ourselves at the very top of our own list? It can seem so foreign. So yes, it can feel very uneasy to place yourself first, but you must if you're ever truly going to get started. So think about an area in your life in which you feel stress or overwhelm and decide on the change that you would like to make. Give yourself permission to say, okay, this is what I want, because that is the very first step to getting started. If you tell yourself that you do not know what to do or have no idea how to do it, then you are less likely to take action and get going. 
This part of the process takes self-discovery. You have to be clear on who you are and what your values are and what you want in your life. So if you find yourself stuck because you know there is something that you really want to change but you just cannot see another option, then first take a step back from this process and start with those things. Who am I? What are my values? Because somebody who is clear on who she is and what her values are will be very clear on what she wants because it will align with who she is and what her values are. Ta-da! I recommend journaling about these things. And a fun question to help you get started is to ask yourself, if I could wave a magic wand, what would I make my life look like? Pretending to wave a magic wand removes the fear. It removes those criteria of being realistic or considering what others want. So really think about it. If you could wave a magic wand and change any area of your life, what would you make it look like? And remember, you are in a phase of generating ideas, not judging them. We are so conditioned to think and judge at the same time that we often discount good ideas before they have even had a chance to take hold or be tested. And when you do this, it can feel like you have no ideas. So focus on just making a decision, getting clear on what it is that you want, and asking yourself, if I could wave this magic wand, what would I want in this area of my life right now? So step number three after making your decision is figuring out the steps that you need to take to do it. So many of us tell ourselves we don't know how, and this prevents us from getting started. The thing is, you do not have to know how at all. Why would you already know how to do it if you haven't done it yet? You're only going to know how once you get there, and you're going to know what you did once you have already done it. So stop lying to yourself and telling yourself that not knowing how is a reason to never begin. Think about the area of your life that you want to change and what you want to change about it and ask yourself, what am I willing to try? What am I willing to fail at? It can also be helpful to imagine that you are telling this to a friend who is coming to you for advice. Pretend that your friend has asked you what they should do and then offer your friend suggestions. This helps remove judgment and the fear of vulnerability from your own judgment. And if you find yourself to be a person who thinks in black and white or has all or nothing thinking, aka perfectionist thinking, then ask yourself, if I had to just take a guess on what I could start on, what would it be? If I had to guess at what my first step could possibly be, what would I do? Asking your brain to take a guess removes the risk of needing to be right and needing things to be perfect. When you play around with the way you ask yourself these questions, you will most often find that you can come up with a whole step-by-step -step list of many things that you can try. The reason you haven't allowed yourself into the space yet is because it's scary to have steps, because now you have even fewer excuses for not getting started. Many of us think that if we don't really try, then we won't really fail. So we keep ourselves in a space of indecision and confusion so that we have an excuse for never getting started. We want to hold on to the identity of being smart and that we have potential, instead of actually going out and doing the things and risking failure. But the only thing about failure is that it tells you what didn't work, and it gives you a new place from which to begin. No judgment necessary. Don't use failure as an excuse to tell yourself that what you thought you could do isn't actually true. 
and then use this as a judgment against yourself about not being good enough to make the change that you want. Any failure along the way is just a lesson and is helping you become clearer on who you are and where you are going and what to do next. So many of us want a one and done process, but that's not the reality of life. If there is a relationship that you want to improve, you may need to try many different ways of connecting. If there is a career change that you want to make, maybe you're lucky and land your dream position the first time you switch jobs, but many times it's going to be a career journey that will get you there. If you have a goal that you want to achieve, many times it's going to take persistence and patience and failing at many things before you achieve it. The truth is you are absolutely good enough and failure along the way does not negate that. Another handy trick if you are struggling with coming up with your first step is to say to yourself, okay, well, what would I need to Google to figure out how to get started? Take these questions and literally put them in Google. You can even use AI like Google Bard or ChatGPT. If you just ask yourself what you would ask the internet, then your brain can get thinking of questions to get you started with your first steps and then start your to-do list from there. Step number four is to clean up your thinking. Manage your mind. This is the part where you will self-coach or work with a coach. We all have limitations and doubts about ourselves, which is absolutely normal and just part of being a human. And we take these thoughts and project them onto what we think is possible for us and our lives. And these type of thought errors really limit what we think is possible for us. So you have to become aware of the beliefs that you currently have in order to change your self-image and to become the person who has the results that you want. You have to change your limiting beliefs to become the new version of yourself who takes the action towards the outcome. An excellent question to journal on is to ask yourself, why haven't I done this yet? Why haven't I started yet? When you answer this question, you will likely see a lot of self-doubt come up, like, I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure if this is possible for me. There may also be fear involved, like being scared of disapproval or being fearful of changing in some way that would make you unlovable to the people in your life, or just being scared of failure and judgment. And if you did actually start but never saw it through, then ask yourself, why did I stop? What are the reasons that I stopped? Writing these down is very helpful because it gets the thoughts out of your brain and onto paper and it makes it a lot easier for you to evaluate them. The power of writing it down has to do with the fact that you actually have to articulate what you're thinking, which takes your brain out of spiraling. This creates self-awareness because you are seeing what is actually going on in your own mind. A lot of times when you actually say it out loud, you may even realize how silly or untrue these thoughts are. It's not until you actually verbalize them and write them down that you gain that kind of perspective. Suddenly you're like, wait, that doesn't really make any sense. And other times you may write these down and your limiting beliefs may feel very true. This is okay. The first step is still to create self-awareness. You want to see the thoughts that have been stopping you from taking action even if they do feel really true. The key is gaining perspective on yourself and then allowing yourself to really explore your beliefs and question them. You can ask yourself, is this really true? Would everybody in the world think this exact same thing? 
because there's a possibility of somebody else thinking something differently, then what you have written down is just your opinion. Not a fact, not a truth. And if it's not an actual hard fact that is going to prevent you from creating the change that you want, then it means it is totally possible for you to go ahead and create that change. Now, this part can be really difficult, especially if you're doing it on your own. This is why it can be handy to work with a coach. Another option would be to ask a really trusted friend if they would have a different thought about something, as this can also bring you perspective. But the thing that I would caution is that a lot of times, those close to us believe the same stories that we do. So if you find yourself having difficulty questioning your beliefs and those closest to you also believe your story, then it can be really helpful to get an outside perspective instead. What you're trying to do in this step is think of evidence that disproves your current beliefs. For example, if you tell yourself that you don't think there is any job within private practice in which you could possibly be happy, then ask yourself about all of the times that you were working in private practice and you did feel happy. Because the truth is, you were never 100% unhappy all of the time. Life is 50-50, and there were absolutely times before where you were happy. The same with a relationship. If you believe that it is not possible for you to find somebody with whom you enjoy spending time and with whom you want to spend your life, then ask yourself about all the times before in which you did want to spend time with a particular person and you enjoyed it. Because the truth is, in previous relationships, everything wasn't bad all of the time. You have proof that you are capable of enjoying a job or being happy in a relationship. You are just choosing to ignore those things about yourself when you tell yourself that it is not possible for you. When you really start questioning your thinking and start searching for evidence to the contrary of your limiting beliefs, then you will actually start to find a lot of evidence that you are the kind of person who can follow through with your plan and achieve the change that you want. Once you change your self-image to be in alignment with your goal, you won't need to use willpower because you will be acting in accordance with who you are and your own beliefs and your own perception about yourself. When your self-image is in alignment with your goal, then you don't have to struggle your way there. For example, if you stop believing that you are a procrastinator, then you will find productive ways to focus and get things done. But if you continue to label yourself as a procrastinator, then you will continue to act in ways that prove this true to yourself. Now, this doesn't mean that it's always super easy or quick to change your self-image, but it is possible. For example, if you believe that you are not good at doing dog spays, you don't immediately need to switch to the thought that you are the best at doing dog spays. You cannot fight against yourself to convince yourself of a new way of thinking. But what about asking yourself to remember the times that you did do a dog spay and it went well? Can I think of any examples in which I successfully spayed a dog before? Do I have a poor patient outcome for every single dog spay that I have ever done? Or are there ones that were fine? What is your actual evidence for you not being good at dog spays, if any? Instead of believing that you are not good at them, which is not going to help you when you're trying to do one, Instead, try believing that you have successfully done them before, and it is possible that you can be successful at them in the future. This is how you will start to feel better about doing them. And when you feel better about doing them, and you do them, then you will get even more evidence that you can do them well. 
When you do them well, you gain more confidence and you feel better about doing them in the future. Managing your mind and cleaning up your thinking takes work, and it takes practice, but it is the next step that you need to do in order to break free from your stress and overwhelm. If you try to rush ahead too quickly, a lot of times you will end up falling back into your old patterns of thinking and your old self-image because it is what you know. And when you are stuck in old ways of thinking and old beliefs, it will require willpower to move forward. And willpower is finite, whereas creating new beliefs and perception about yourself is infinite. Okay. So step number five is to start taking your steps that you identified and put them on your calendar. If you try to do this without first identifying your reasons and looking at your beliefs and creating your self-image, then this step will be so much more challenging. This is why it is important to do the self-work and the mind management ahead of time. Your calendar is clarity. Clarity creates confidence. When you do not have clarity, you feel stressed and confused and overwhelmed. When you leave your steps as a to-do list, then you will remain confused and overwhelmed and stressed because your brain will be spending a lot of time thinking about what to do first and what to do next and whether or not you want to do it in that order in the first place. However, if you are working from a calendar and you are following through with your tasks that you have scheduled, then you can operate from as good as done energy. When something is as good as done and you know that you will do it when the time comes, then your brain doesn't need to spend time worrying about when you will do it. And if you find your brain starting to stress about when you will do it, you can say, Hey brain, we're not doing this right now. We know that it is scheduled on the calendar for this day at this time and it is as good as done. There is no need for us to worry about this right now. Now, the hard part about this is that when you actually put things on your calendar, you will be forced to grapple with the reality of time, which means that you will have to be intentional with your planning. It means you will have to prioritize the things that you want to do. It means that you will have to stop doing other things. It means that you will learn how to schedule kindly so that you are not just constantly running from one thing to the next. Yes, at first you probably will overbook your calendar. That is totally fine. Time management is just a skill that you are developing, just like any other skill. But once it is on your calendar, you won't waste time thinking, oh my goodness, when am I actually going to find the time to get this done? You won't be telling yourself that there's not enough time or that you don't see when you can do it. Instead, you can tell your brain, I know exactly when we're going to do it because it is on my calendar and it is as good as done. Think about what you will do each day. When are you going to do each step? How long do you anticipate each step will take? Give yourself more time than you actually think. Do not allow your brain to waste time on whether you should do this on Monday or Tuesday or the weekend. Make a decision about when you are going to do it and put it on the calendar. Ask yourself, when would my best self, my highest self, my future self do this? The actual day and time doesn't really matter. What matters is that you actually take the step of scheduling it. And if the schedule you plan does not work out, it means this is a learning opportunity to readjust. It means looking at what were the obstacles that prevented you from doing the thing that you scheduled. It means making a plan to prevent this from happening the next time. And treat yourself with respect, yo! 
Plan your calendar with compassion and kindness to your life and what is in alignment with you and who you are and where you want to go. Notice if your brain is telling you that you just need to wake up at 4 a.m. every day and work all the way through the day until midnight without any scheduled breaks or meal times or rest. Notice if your brain is telling you to only work and to not interact with anybody else in your life or do the things you enjoy. Is this really what your highest self would want? Just think about it. If I had the best intentions for myself and I was really taking care of myself, how would I plan my day so that it will not be overwhelming or stressful for me? It's going to take as long as it's going to take, and there is no point in rushing to get there. When you act from confidence and clarity, then you will follow through. And this is actually step number six, following through. This is really, really important because this means you are showing up for yourself and your life and your goals and your plans. This 100% matters because this is how you build self-confidence and trust. When you continually ignore the things you have scheduled on your calendar, you are creating evidence that you're not the kind of person who does what they say they're going to do. This is also why it is so important to pick only one thing to focus on at a time. You want to give yourself ample time to make changes and adequate time to make mistakes and then to relearn how you're going to show up for yourself. And when you do not follow through, be compassionate and ask yourself why. What was the reason? What happened? Because this is just a thing that you can learn about and change. This is not an excuse to allow your survival brain to tell you that you are not capable or that it is not normal for you to follow through or that you never follow through and instead put you back in the cave. This is an area where you will spend a lot of time coaching yourself and learning to manage your mind. That is okay. That is so normal. Think about all the ways in which you already follow through on the things in your life. You follow through with going to work each day. You follow through with feeding your pets. You follow through with getting the kids to school. You follow through with taking a shower or brushing your teeth or putting on your clothes. You follow through with checking your email or scrolling through Instagram. You follow through with so many things every single day. There is plenty of evidence that you are a person who follows through. Write down all of the evidence that you are the kind of person who follows through. Because when you start looking for it, you will find it. And if you are looking for evidence of your ability to follow through and do the things that you say you are going to do, then you will start to believe more that you are the kind of person who does this. When you believe you're the kind of person who does this, it removes the stress and the overwhelm. Now notice if your brain tries to give you sneaky thoughts like, I hope I can do it, or that I just need to get myself motivated first. We think that hope and motivation are these really positive things, but really the emotions that you want to feel are confidence, determination, commitment. Hope and motivation are not going to create results for you. When you are relying on hope or motivation or inspiration, you are just waiting for something external instead. Instead, you need to cultivate the mindset that you can do this and it is okay to feel uncomfortable while you are doing it. When you run into an obstacle or when that difficult conversation doesn't go as planned or when the thing that you need to learn gets kind of confusing 
and you get that sensation of just wanting to crawl out of your own skin because it's so uncomfortable and you just want to walk away or go scroll on your phone or take a break or look in the fridge, remind yourself, this is perfectly okay and I don't have to feel good in this moment. We try so many things to escape that restless, uncomfortable feeling. But what you need to do is tell yourself that this is okay. It is perfectly okay for me to feel this way while I am doing the things that I want to do to make the change that I want to see. You don't need to convince yourself to feel good along the way. You can just acknowledge, I feel anxious. I feel restless. I feel nervous. I feel this angst inside of me. And that's okay. This is just part of the 50-50 of life. I do not need to feel inspired or try to pump myself up or get motivated in order to take action. When you stop believing that you need those things to move forward, then you will remove your resistance to moving forward. It is also okay to feel tired or overwhelmed or exhausted while doing these things. Those are normal emotions too. Yes, I feel tired and that is not a big deal. Now, I do want to clarify that there is a difference between the feeling of exhaustion because you have completed a productive day and feel good about it versus the feeling of exhaustion because you are not managing your mind and because you are not allowing your body to rest appropriately and to reset your stress cycles and to recover as you go through the day. So I'm not telling you to keep firing on all cylinders and white knuckle it through the day no matter what, because that is just a recipe for burnout. This is why it is important to create awareness around who you are and what you want. It is important to develop healthy sleep schedules and calendars that support your life with adequate time to do the things as well as adequate time to rest and relax and actually go enjoy your damn life. So if you notice these types of thoughts or feelings as you're trying to follow through with what you want to do, tell yourself, one, this is okay and it is normal. And two, write them down. This all comes back to creating awareness. Just write down any of the distractions, acknowledge them, and then get back to work. You can revisit your list of distractions at the end of the day and you can see how they weren't even that important. You allowed yourself to be distracted just for a minute to write it down and then you got back to it. And then at the end of the day, look at what you achieved. Sometimes we do get distracted because we remember things, right? We remember something else that we need to do and we think that if we don't do it right now, then we'll forget. So then we stop to do the thing that we just remembered and we don't follow through with whatever it was that we had planned. Instead, write these down too. Remember, you can come back to it later. Leave yourself time in your schedule to visit this list of things that you have just remembered and to deal with them. And yes, your brain will likely remind you 25 times throughout the day of the thing that you just remembered to do, and that is okay. Just write it down each time. For example, if you're preparing for a difficult conversation that you want to have with your mother-in-law and thinking of the things that you want to say or how you want to show up, and you get that angsty feeling and you just want to check social media and give yourself a break, then just write down, check Instagram. That's it. Then get back to what you were working on. Or maybe it's, write grocery list, or RSVP to event, or review lab work. When your brain offers you things like this, it is just trying to help you avoid the discomfort of doing what you're currently doing. Your brain wants you to do what is easy and what is comfortable. 
But if you keep doing what is easy and comfortable, then you will never make the changes that you want to see. Following these six steps is a game changer. I know this because I see the effects in my own life and I see the effects in other people's lives. Picking just one thing and constraining your time and following these simple steps will help you make so many big changes over and over again. Even if you just focused on one change per year, think about how much change you would see in five years. But if you continue to allow yourself to indulge in stress and overwhelm, then in five years you're likely to be in a very similar place to where you are today. So start with regulating your nervous system and bringing your prefrontal cortex online. From this space, make a decision on what it is that you want to change and give yourself permission to do what you want. If you were to wave a magic wand, what would this area of your life look like? Next, figure out the steps that you need to take or what you need to type into Google or think about what advice you would give to a friend who wants to do the same thing. Make your list. Then begin to work on your thinking. Create self-awareness and perspective on your thinking. Ask yourself, why didn't I start yet? Or why did I start and then stop? Look for your limiting beliefs. Coach yourself on your limiting beliefs and your thinking patterns. And once you are in a cleaner mind space, start to schedule those steps on your calendar. Remember, don't just leave it on a to-do list, actually put it on your calendar. If you just tell yourself that you will get it done tomorrow or next week, that is too vague and it will keep you stressed and in overwhelm because you will develop decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is the fatigue that happens when you're constantly not making a decision and constantly thinking about the things that you haven't made decisions about yet. This is so draining. So tell yourself, I am going to do this on this day at this time and schedule it. And finally, follow through. Tell yourself, it is okay to feel restless or anxious or nervous. It is okay to not feel inspired or motivated. It is okay to be unsure if this is going to work. I'm going to try it anyway. Following through will create so much self-confidence and self-trust. And these are the skills that you need to learn if you want to make big changes in other areas of your life as well. And remember, just write down any physical distractions or feelings or thoughts that try to derail you. They are going to come up. Your brain offers you over 60,000 thoughts a day. You do not have to listen or take action on all of them. And remember, when you feel yourself becoming stressed or overwhelmed during this process, pause and ask yourself, am I empirically safe? Yes. Do I feel safe? No. And then get into your body and relax. Remember, a relaxed body cannot house stress. Your goal is to go through your day confronting all of your stressors and perceived threats and distracting thoughts and limiting beliefs in a relaxed body. So remember to check in on yourself multiple times a day. When you regulate your nervous system, you will have access to that cognitive, thinking, rational, executive portion of your brain. This is when you have access to your personal CEO and when you can show up as the person who you want to be and make the decisions that you want to make and follow through with the actions that you want to take and create the results that you want to see in your life. When you focus on your safety and being relaxed, you can manage your mind, you can coach yourself, and you can truly create the life of your dreams.
Okay, my friends, I hope these steps are helpful. These are the exact same steps that I do when I am focusing on a particular area of my life. They are very simple and they are very powerful. But remember, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. This work requires patience and persistence and perseverance and practice. We're talking about lifestyle changes here. And if anything, hold on to the fact that you are becoming the next best version of yourself, no matter how difficult the journey may seem. It is always worth it. For those of you who haven't listened to last week's episode yet, or maybe you did and need a reminder, don't forget to come sign up for the Daring DVM newsletter. You can do this either by DMing me on Instagram with your email or go ahead to www.daringdvm.com forward slash contact. In the next couple of weeks, I will be sending out a presentation that I gave and it goes into more detail on the nervous system resiliency work and how this applies to preventing burnout. You will get it if you are on the listserv, so be sure not to miss out on this. Okay, everyone. I love who you are, and even more than that, I love who you're becoming. Dare to dream. If you love what you're learning in this podcast, you have to come coach with me in my Daring DVM coaching program. It's where you get individual help applying these concepts to your own life. This is where we address your challenges, crush your goals, and create your dream life. It's where I help other veterinarians who are struggling, just like I once was, to create and cultivate their dream life too. Helping you is my favorite thing to do, and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come coach with me at www.daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. That's daringdvm.com forward slash coaching. I cannot wait to meet you. Dare to dream.